Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is almost here, which means it's time for another Kazoo Fest. The 7th Annual Festival will transform downtown Guelph into a hotbed of music and art for five action-packed days. From April 9th to 13th, the festival will showcase over 30 musical performances, visual art, multimedia art installations, the Kazoo Print Expo, film screenings, and more. Headlining artists this year include Destroyer, Hooded Fang, Cousins, Bry Webb, Vag Halen, Nihilus Spasm Band, Solids, Biblical, and much more. For more information about the 2014 Kazoo Fest, visit kazookazoo.ca or follow them on Twitter at Kazoo Guelph. Creative Control with Vish Hi. How you doing? I am under the weather. I've got a chest cold. It's making it hard to talk. I will try to keep this brief. It's so bad. I got my my wife had to do the ads for the show this week. I didn't feel up up for it, but I'm just going to do this little spiel and then go to the show. The uh, guest on uh, this episode is Mac DeMarco, and I spoke to him a little while ago. And when I did, I almost immediately uh, took an excerpt of this interview and turned it into a little news story about. Uh, Max work with Tyler, the creator, and as such, a lot of uh, pretty big media outlets picked up on it and pointed to the show, which uh, was another savvy move on my part, right? I don't know. Anyway, I, I am excited to uh, share this interview that I did with Mac with you. He's a really thoughtful guy. His new record is called Salad Days, holding a copy of it in my hand right now. It's a really nice one, and you're going to hear a brand new song from it today. On this episode So as I say I'm going to keep it brief uh, Good good conversation with Mac He seems like a good man And I hope you enjoy this And pick up salad days And uh, Yeah I am going to go pick up some lozenges So There you go Thanks again to my wife Michelle For doing the ads Thanks Michelle And uh, here you go folks Talk to you soon
This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening August Osag County, Omar, Better Day, The Sarah J. Felker Story, Particle Fever, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Boxes, Monuments Men, Are You a Pilgrim, and more. At the E-Bar this week, Barzin, Nathan Lohr, and Culture Reject play a show on Thursday, March 27th. And on Friday, March 28th, Lowlands, Danny Nash, and Green Gold play a show. The Bookshelf is an independently owned culture hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph. Visit bookshelf.ca for more info. Mac DeMarco is a Montreal-based musician, songwriter, and multimedia artist who is quite popular among people who enjoy cool songs that sound awesome. Originally from Duncan, British Columbia, DeMarco also spent time in Edmonton, and he used to present his work under the name Makeout Videotape. He began using his own name with the 2012 EP Rock and Roll Nightclub, and later that same year, the acclaimed album Two. On April 1st, Captured Tracks will release his excellent new record, Salad Days, and he will tour the world extensively, including many Canadian stops. Here now to discuss uh, much of what I just said is Mac DeMarco. Uh, Hi, Mac. How are you? Hi, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Where in the world are you, Mac? I'm in Brooklyn. Brooklyn? What are you doing in Brooklyn? I actually live here now. I've lived here for about six months now. How are you finding that? It's it's good. I mean, I live in like a big weird warehouse with like uh, ten other dudes, and uh, there's like cockroaches, and it's kind of gross. But like, I really like it. So it's a uh, it's a nice change of scenery. I was a little sick of Montreal, so there you go. You were getting sick of Montreal. Everyone likes Montreal. What what's wrong with Montreal? I I don't know. I never liked Montreal from the moment I moved there. I don't know what it was. I think I was expecting something else, but instead I got like you know picnic blankets and like people that wanted to talk about like uh, you know sociology or something so i like you know i had to get the hell out of there picnic blankets you mean like outside of the context of a picnic they just have a picnic blanket no it's all like oh, bottles of wine in the park for picnic and i'm working on my new project and it's like you know kids that move from the midwest to canada to montreal and like you know change their name or like you know pretend they're european all of a sudden not, not my cup of tea. I'll tell you that much. Okay, I did. I did not. I mean, I guess it has a reputation for being a little highfalutin, maybe pretentious, but uh, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of great. I mean, Montreal's great too. But I mean, that, that. I mean, I just didn't feel like there was anything there for me to, you know, uh, dive into or like explore, except for you know, uh, some McGill kids that would piss me off. So I, I don't really know. You know, I don't want to wade too far into this debate because I don't know a whole bunch about it. But I think some people listening will be like. Guy's disparaging Montreal for being a little snooty, pretentious, whatever. Lives in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not. I mean, yeah, maybe he lives in Brooklyn. I, mean, I live out in like Bedside, though, so it's a little different than like Small Dog Williamsburg. You know what I mean? Okay, but, uh, all right. That's what I'm. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. Like, just the perception of Brooklyn, for better or for worse, is not actually. I I don't know. I mean, I have friends there. It's I I like Brooklyn a lot, but some people, you know, like the show. Uh, uh, what's that show called? Brooklyn Nine Nine. That doesn't seem right. I've never seen it. I don't know. Okay, it's an Andy. I was gonna say Girls. It was a joke. Do you know the show Girls? 
Oh, girls. I do know girls. Yeah, I do know girls. <laughs> Some people have kind of a negative perception of Brooklyn because of that show. They feel like everyone... Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there are parts of this area. Like, you know, for example, I went to a Korean restaurant the other day. Not a single Korean person worked, working in there. You know, mm-hmm. and they had like the Korean tacos. It didn't, it, my bibimbap didn't even taste like a fucking bibimbap. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. <laughs> okay. But seriously, it's a crazy, you know, small dog designer sandals. You know, I think all over the world you're going to get that now. It's like, you know, you just can't escape. But you know, I've sort of found a place too over here, but it's still around. I pride myself on breaking stories on this show. It seems to me that the story here is that you actually might secretly hate Brooklyn. No, I, I like it. Well, I like, I don't know. I'm not sure. I just don't ever leave the house, so it's hard to say. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate what you're saying, and I wish you the best of luck trying to find a place in this world that doesn't (laughs) completely piss you off. Because it sounds to me like geography or whatever, it's not climate, it's the people. And eventually, I'll tell you, Mac, you're a younger guy than me. Everywhere you go, people will annoy the hell out of you. That's just the way the world is. <laughs> I'll end up in like the Yukon or something. I don't really know. Yeah, Dawson <laughs> City. But then even then you'll get like a weird cabin fever or something. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, um, I think you'll be fine. You've, you've bounced around a little bit. I want to get to that in a little bit. But uh, first of all, let's talk about this record, Salad Days. It always yeah. that, that expression always makes me think of a Minor Threat song. But um, I didn't. Yeah, I now it's. I mean, well, I didn't even realize. There's a bunch of bands of used salad days before, and the people have made it very apparent for me at this point. So. <laughs> but uh, well, it's. But, know, it, but the, yeah. my point is that it's. I think of Minor Threat. People think of whoever. Uh, but it is actually like an idiomatic. Like it's an expression. How would you define the expression or the the, the idea of salad days? Well, I think it comes from An- Anthony and Cleopatra, the uh, Shakespeare play, and what what does the quote goes? Something like. Uh, it's like in the days of our youth, like fresh and green, the salad days or something like that. So it's like, I don't know, kind of like a, you know, an expression to, you know, maybe say like a less tainted, less like a crazy time, more more instant, youthful, something like that. Yeah. Are you sure you have that quote right? In the days of our youth, fresh and green? That sounds like an Olive Garden promotion. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. When I first heard the term salad days, it wasn't, I didn't read Anthony and Cleopatra. I mean, I like Shakespeare, but I'm not going to sit down and read the plays or anything. But, but I mean, uh, it was, we were in Europe and my tour manager, we had this French tour manager and we had this running joke going where we'd make him say, it's the salad days of Poopoo Jones. And, uh, we just thought it was really funny. And I was like, man, salad days, that's a great term. And, you know, obviously my English lit drummer, Joe was like, Oh, it's actually, Mac, it's actually from Shakespeare. So it's like, oh, you know, there you go. But I thought it was like, you know, it sounds like a 2013 slang term or something, or 2014, whatever the hell year it is right now. But it okay. uh, turns out it's not, yeah. So something about it compelled you to name, like, I mean, are you, if we look at the sort of idiom, are you feeling the loss of youth creep in? You're, what are you, 23, 24, something like that? 20, almost 24. Yeah. Almost 24. So are but you are you feeling I'm, this? Not really. I mean, I think the album is more of a, it's like kind of a, uh, I don't know, for me, because I mean, I, I recorded in a month in between like, you know, tour, 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 tour. We've been touring for like two years straight or something. So I think it's like uh, the album is kind of like my, I don't know, when when it got off and I actually had the chance to record, all I was thinking was like, you know, I just had this very like jaded perspective, like, oh man, this is so stupid. This is like, like this isn't the way it used to be, oh, you know, and then... uh and then the whole album is pretty much me going like, you know, the songs will start me being like real pissed off. And then, you know, the, the chorus will be like, come on, man, like count your blessings, you little turd. Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay. So they're kind of conversations with yourself. You're, you're almost having like an, a debate, an inner debate, but in a song. 
Yeah, it's like, you know, just like reflecting and, uh, you know, I don't know. It's crazy. It is. It's, it's, a, it's a little... It's a little crazy. I will agree with you on that level. Now, would, you mentioned that you've been touring for two years straight, and this was recorded in, in a month uh, off. I guess would you say your life as a touring musician, with a with a with a relatively high profile, like you're doing quite well these days, has any yeah, of that okay. excel, accelerated your entry into what we perceive to be adulthood? Um, I don't think so. Well, I mean, I don't know. I guess everybody has a different idea of what adulthood is but i mean to me adulthood probably doesn't involve like getting wasted every night for two years and like you know treating your body extremely poorly and like, uh, making fart jokes on a stage in front of like 500 people all the time so, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah but that that's a part of growing up though isn't it isn't like some people would say would look at this i'm not a child psychologist you're not a child but some people would look at this and say you know you're sowing your wild oats you're getting that out of your system you may not realize it right now but you're doing all those things because at some point you won't be able to do them if you grow up to be a relatively conventional young man. That's true. Yeah, I guess maybe yeah, maybe I'm getting out of my system. I don't know. I, uh, I guess yeah, maybe it's making me grow up. I don't really know. It's it's confusing. Well, it's the, the, very the, confusing. The thing about touring for me, in my experience, and for other bands, I mean, there's a monotony to it, but there's also this weird kind of loss of innocence. It's not very comfortable. You know, you kind of have to, you, you learn about yourself by putting yourself in a situation where you're constantly traveling, I think. Would you Would you agree yeah, with that? that? That's true. I think the thing for me is like, yeah, I, I, these things do happen. They happen a lot. And the craziest thing about touring is like everything is moving so quickly and you're never in the same place long enough to actually think about things. So I think like, uh, yeah, you, like it's all happening. And when you get off, then you're like, you know, for example, when I made this album for the month, I was like, holy Dina, like what the, the hell just happened? So, yeah, it's um, it's kind of kind of crazy in that sense. Yeah. So, so would you, so then in the month that you spent, uh, you had obviously had you road tested some of these songs, so to speak. Had you been playing them live, or did you just go in and make? No, them? I didn't even have any of them written. I just kind of sat down, got like a new rug so I could sit on the floor. Got a coffee machine for the room, and uh, just like shacked up. Got a couple packs of instant noodles and a um, bunch of packs of smokes. And okay, that was that. you started writing. So. In a sense, then, whether you're aware of it or not, this month of writing and recording, it reflects a kind of experiential aspect of your life as a touring musician, as a guy who suddenly has become, let's just say, elevated. You know, your your profile, your persona has been yeah. uh, has risen. So does that stuff seep into this record in ways that you can point to now? Does anything seem tangible, or is it all kind of vague? You mean with the elevated... Uh... Persona. Just, just the yeah, your general kind of as I say, your experiences as a person going through all this yeah. and having a month off to kind of ruminate a I little. I think like that's essentially what the whole album is. I think I think it's just like you know, because I mean, yeah, I don't really, you know, I can only really like write from experience, and the only thing I'd been experiencing was touring and playing shows, and like you know, more and more sixteen-year-olds wanting to take selfies with me. So <laughs> I think it's a. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it was uh, it's pretty much, I, I mean, it's not even like I wanted to write that. It's just all I could. Like, you know, I had like, the first week was pretty rough. Like, you can't, I couldn't really get anything to come out. You know, it just wasn't really working. And then all that stuff just started spewing out. And then, you know, so, I mean, it's, yeah, the album is definitely like very, I mean, I, I kind of left the lyrics a little vague so that people are still able to, you know, like hopefully connect to the songs in like some kind of pop sensibility way. But, uh, as far as all the songs to me are concerned, they're like very, you know, they're all written about very specific 
things. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how people react to it, I guess. Well, you say that they're related to specific things, and I assume that they're all personal things. Are you, are you as a writer primarily kind of self-reflexive? Are you someone that can sort of take a story of someone else's experience and turn it into songs? Or are you primarily like, here's a bunch of things I've noticed, here's a bunch of things that I've experienced, uh, and here they are kind of filtered through the, the, the mode of a song kind of thing? I usually I usually stick to my own guns. I mean, I don't I don't really you know if it's not really something that happened to me that I'm kind of like I don't really know you know. But I mean, the only time I ever sometimes I'll write about other other people. You know, I was in a I remember living in Edmonton and I would write so I would watch like movies and then like you know be like oh Marilyn Monroe is beautiful like I'll write a song about her or like write a song about Midnight Cowboy or about Twin Peaks. But like and that was fun at the time. But I mean, it's. Uh, you know, yeah, I think that's like the surefire, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, flag that you're like a bedroom recorder is when you're just like, you know, writing songs about staying up all night and watching movies. So I think, you know, I mean, and personal experience is the best thing I know. So I guess that's just what I've stuck to. I guess I don't know. No, it's fair. I just am curious. You know, some people are songwriters or storytellers, so to speak, right? And sometimes they're stories about your own life. And sometimes there's, they, and, and you know, and as a person living here, you are soaking up other people's experiences and lives yourself, you know? Yeah. So I'm just curious if if you say you, you were on a whirlwind of activity, took a month off, it sounds like by yourself, on a rug. It was you in a rug and a coffee machine? Yeah, that's right. Kind of inform, <laughs> informing these songs. I just wonder if uh, if you can see them as being reflective of time spent with people on the road or, or people meeting people and, and how that kind of works. But I mean, Yeah, again, I mean, it's definitely, it's all about, you know, different people but i mean my interaction with them or whatever but uh it's yeah it's mostly just about like me 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 or like weird shit that happened to me this year and stuff but um yeah i mean you know there's always other people around i'm not like you know i don't know no no i i'm not i'm not trying to i mean do you think of yourself i feel like and this is a stupid i'm gonna say something that's kind of cliche and dumb and i'm gonna sound like a pundit on some 24-hour news station but we are like a it does seem like we are in an age of kind of really looking uh what what's the word i'm looking for kind of expressing our innards <laughs> looking inward being pretty self-absorbed you know like every all the social media stuff is really like here's me you know as much as it's sharing it's crazy it's really about sharing yourself and 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 do yeah. you, i just wonder you're of that gen, you're of a generation that kind of came up while all of this was sort of brewing or whatever you know like you, you had formative time when this was going on do you think that in that sense, you your aesthetic is reflective of some kind. Uh, this is this is crazy for you to even speculate upon. But do you see like yourself as representing a kind of aesthetic of your generation? A, a kind of like I want to try to establish myself in the world by talking about myself and telling everyone about myself all the time. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, in in a sense, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's like well. The thing, it's funny, because, like, my generation, we did come up with that stuff, but, like, you know, even now, being, like, 23 and seeing kids that are maybe four or five years younger than I am and, like, how much more intense it is for them, it's, like, you know, that's part of, you know, that's part of what, it's, like, it's uh, it's really insane. But, I mean, I totally agree with you, like, that's the way that the, uh, you know, the world goes now. And I, that's, I think it's kind of the funny thing that I've realized being out there especially especially like being like a you know quote unquote like solo artist or something it's like you know i have a band but it's just my name and it's mm -hmm. like you know pretty much it's like insane egomaniac ride so it's like uh, 
I don't know. And, and like, not even necessarily, it's not even necessarily me that has to promote my, like, you know, myself or like my, my own image or something. I was like, there's a team of people working towards like Mac DeMarco now, which is like, what the, f-? you know, it's like very, very bizarre to me. So I think it's, you know, in, in a part, um, doing that myself, but also in a part being like, yo, this is really, really messed up. <laughs> Right, so in a way you're, and I'm not, again, I'm not trying to cast any aspersions on suggesting that you yourself might be self-absorbed, but in your, as you say, in, in your writing, you have been a little bit, and now you have a whole team that's sort of feeding that, feeding that yeah, idea that that's, that's something that's redeemable and worthwhile, and that's kind of, yeah. must be psychologically kind of strange. Yeah, yeah, you feel very weird all the time, but, uh, you know, <laughs> at this point, the other weird thing is, you know, a, a thing that I was, you know, thought about a lot while writing this album is, like, cause on, on the road especially, and, you know, when you're busy all the time, you don't stop to realize how bizarre it is, and, like, how, because I just play it off as, like, you know, I got completely used to it. It's like, oh, you want to take a photo of me? Like, that's okay. Like, oh, like, you uh, want me to, like, sign your face? Like, oh, that's totally fine, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's like, it didn't phase me after a while, which is, like, that I feel is like the weirdest, maybe worst part about the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> no one thinks what they're doing is weird, and it's all really super weird. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, bizarre. Okay. So, I don't know. Well, you mentioned uh, Edmonton. You mentioned sort of have, uh, at some point you were—I forget what we were talking about—but you said you said something about hanging out in Edmonton, watching movies. I think. Um, yeah. I'm curious about how and when you first got interested in music. I know you're from British Columbia originally. You spent some time in Edmonton. You, you obviously left Montreal because it sucked. Um, yeah. <laughs> can you talk? <laughs> can you talk a little? I like Montreal. This is not a. I. I, I don't mind it. You know, I, I'm going to get so much hate from Quebec people after this. <laughs> a lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. You didn't like Montreal. Not every, I don't like, okay, you know what? I don't really like Toronto. I've worked there for years or had to work there. I don't really like it. I didn't it. like Toronto at first, but it grew on me like a disease. You know, I like it now. I like it a lot. But It is know. kind of like a diseased place. I think that part is fair. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to join your ranks in, in terms of the hatred. If people are going to hate you for Montreal, they should hate me for Toronto. And might I say, go Canadians. Why don't I just throw that yeah. in the mix? I like the Canadians. Well, I'm not from Toronto. I live in Guelph. I don't have to worry about that. Anyway, it's fine. Oh, then you're fine. Yeah. I'm fine. It doesn't matter. Okay, so my point, my original question is, can you talk a little bit about your background, how and when you first got interested in music? Yeah, sure. Um, let's wait, Let's sort it out a little bit. So I, I was born in Duncan. I, I don't think I ever really lived there. I mean, I was born there. 
maybe was a baby there for like eight months, but I grew up in Edmonton until I was uh, 18, I think. So yeah, I like, you know, started playing music when I was maybe 14 or something, just started learning guitar. Never wanted to, cause I got a family full of musicians, uh, hmm. wanted to like be, you know, I was like into computers and stuff, wanted to do that. Probably would have been making a lot more money than I am now if I had stuck to that route, but you know, had to go and uh, impress the girls with my guitar or whatever. So did that, um, you know, eventually by high school, I started going out to see local bands play and, uh, Edmonton seems kind of funny where it gets good and then everybody just disperses to Vancouver and, and Toronto and Montreal. So I, but luckily I hit it like at the beginning of high school when it was like, there were a lot of really great local bands. So that kind of got me hooked, started playing in my own bands, um, started meeting people and then, uh, eventually by the time I was, you know, I think right after I finished high school, saved up a little money at a shitty job and then, uh, took off to Vancouver and was there for two and a half or three years or something. And that's where, like, I started playing mega videotape shows mm-hmm. and released like the first mega videotape stuff. Um, and we got like a little bit of buzz in the town. Everyone was like, Ooh, who's this? Like, you know, it's like right when all the, like, you know, MySpace bands that like, don't put their band picture up. It's like, Ooh, so mysterious. You right, know, that right. whole vibe was going on in each other. So we were, you know, right in the front of that in Vancouver or whatever. And everyone was like, Ooh, cool. You know, people would come up and be like, Hey man, like, I like your band. And that to me was like, you know, as an 18 year old, I was like, Oh my God, like, this is so amazing. So <laughs> So yeah, that like hooked me even more. We eventually started touring. I think our first tour was with Japan Droids across Canada and down in New York for a show. And I don't know, I kind of kept touring and living in Vancouver for a while. Eventually did another tour and ran fully out of money. Um, so by the time we got to Sled Island, after doing like full horseshoe of the States, I went back to Edmonton for a couple months. Um, met my girlfriend that I'm still dating now, Kira. Uh, well, I didn't meet, I'd known her for a long time, but we got together then and, uh, there was no chance I was staying in Edmonton. So we went to Montreal cause it seemed, uh, you know, you don't want to repeat yourself, go back to Vancouver. Then I wouldn't want to do that. So, so I'd try Montreal plus it's cheap there. So I like Edmonton. I, I just want to say I like Edmonton. I, my wife's from Edmonton. It's all right. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It's not bad. If you know the right people, I would say like, yeah, I don't know. I can imagine someone going to Edmonton just like not really knowing anybody and trying to like, you know, go around. It would just be a probably a horrifying experience. But if you if you have friends there or family or whatever, then it's, yeah, it's a great place. It's a nice yeah. it's an okay city. I I'm just I think uh, you know, it's it's certainly better than Montreal, according to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. But <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to I didn't mean to keep that. So so basically now we're at a point you, you I think in the in the narrative that you just sort of recited uh, you were in Montreal, and, and we're kind of close to where we're at now. You're in Brooklyn after spending time in Montreal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was I was doing Montreal. I don't know. I I was trying to do makeup videotape. Just kind of like, I don't know. St- I kind of stopped playing shows at some point. was kind of bored of it. And then did Rock and Roll Night Club. Mike Sniper heard it in Brooklyn from Caps Checks. And then we started touring forever. And then eventually I wound up in Brooklyn. So right. there you go. <laughs> the reason I ask is because, uh, or initially asked, is because I was just curious what spurred you into music. It sounds like it was mostly local bands. It wasn't like a, uh, I don't know, some kind of person outside of the city, some grand, maybe rock, like a rock star or a band that you were Well, I mean, of- I loved, I loved like, you know, I, I, I was, before I started going to local shows, I was like, you you know, run-of-the-mill classic rock kid like crappy walmart levi's and like big skate shoes long hair and a led zeppelin t-shirt when i was like 13 or something so i don't know i loved like uh classic I, you know and then all those bands like you know i started kind of 
got out of, grew out of like Led Zeppelin and ACDC and all these like cock rock bands. And then, you know, the bands that stuck around were like the Beatles and the Kinks and, uh, you know, and stuff like that. So right, right. Okay. I just like, you know, pop music was just kind of like, I was like, oh, this is great. You know, I love this. Like, this is, this is really nice. Like, love songs. This is great. Like, you know, it's not, it's not corny. Like, it's cool. It'll get you chicks or whatever. So, <laughs> and then from there, it was local scene. So. I think that was like, it was a super like, you know, grandiose dream. Like, oh my God, the Beatles are amazing. You know, bands like that. And obviously they're like some of the biggest bands in the world. Um, but then seeing kids do it that were my age, but I mean, not on the scale of like what the Beatles were doing, but like, you know, I, they got me into bands like the Gories that beat happening and stuff where it's like, you know, those bands are really opening to me where it's kind of like, these guys don't even know how to play their instruments. Like, this is amazing, but they're like so good. Right. Like there's something else there. So I don't know. It was just kind of like, good uh i don't know uh it was like a push to just be like you don't have to like practice for years you can just start a band right now <laughs> well that's interesting it's interesting to me too because i mean some people have obviously compared your work to maybe it's not obvious but they have compared your work to john lennon's solo stuff in the 70s and uh it sounds like his work and and him as a person he does actually mean something to you right oh i love john yeah, he's great and harry nelson are you a harry nelson fan Ooh, big hairy guy. Big, yeah. big hairy guy. <laughs> you are a big hairy guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I and, and this is it's interesting to me that this I don't know how to put this as gently as possible, but it's curious to me how much you your work has has uh, I don't know, resonated with young people because it to me, as a fan of those things, like kind of that seventy sensibility, Nilsson, Lennon, Spectre I'm curious where they see the connection. Like, there just seems to have been this... Do you understand what I mean? Like, are you surprised by your fan base, given the fact that you are making weird, but really, like, kind of almost vaguely conventional pop songs? Yeah, I don't know. I think, um... I don't know. I mean, the young, the super young fans, I think it kind of goes two ways. Like, I mean, it's, as far as, like, you know, the 60s, 70s pop stuff goes... Like, I think some of the fans, like, it's so crazy to me. A lot of these kids don't really, you know, it's like they don't really have a huge back catalog of, like, old music that they've heard already. Like, some of them are really young, like 15. I didn't even really, you know, get really into Harry Nelson by the time I was, like, 16 or 17 or 18 or something. But, like, but I was just hanging out in record stores and, like, listening to music all the time. Like, it was, like, my, you know, but for kids that are, like, not necessarily musicians. Like maybe it's just that they're like they don't really have something to compare this to. You know, like they maybe they haven't heard John Lennon's seventy stuff. Or like maybe they haven't heard Harry stuff. And it's like, you know, because it's like I don't know. I'm, so, so I mean, maybe, in that sense, like, how do you feel? You're you're actually potentially they might go. Well, I don't know. This this happens to everyone probably. In a sense, someone might be hearing you before they hear something that's greatly influenced you and that's kind of that's interesting it's like a, yeah it's like a weird temporal thing <laughs> it is really insane yeah it's like it's you know very very crazy but i mean if i can point them in that direction then you know that's that's great because i mean better to point them in that direction than to like a uh, slipknot or something i guess sure I no no I, it's, I, I, it, we probably do that a little bit too though it's <laughs> all i I, <laughs> I think it's all very healthy but when i hear your music i'm like yeah like these are people i love nilson and, and lennon and, and those people but i i'm just i'm surprised that not that many people have kind of i don't know responded to that in that way either you know in any way just to be like yeah it's really really like that i guess people i my, yes, I, we get very. I thought that you know the comparisons would be, you know, would drift that way as well. But we get like instead, it's it's like they always, you know, they're just. I guess it's you know a good way to like uh, uh, I don't know 
do they do they just compare us to bands that are like as new as as I am? I guess it's like you know mm. they say like uh, real estate or like Kurt Vile or something or something like that. Sometimes like Weezer and stuff. It's like you know I don't. It's 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 kind of you know surprising to me that they haven't really <laughs> done that either. But it's kind of cool because then you know people aren't going to know because I mean they probably listen to Kurt Vile and then listen to me. It's like. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But if they listen to John Lennon or Harry Nelson, they'd be like, oh, like that's what he's ripping off. <laughs> well, I don't, I'm not, I'm not suggesting you're ripping it off. I just see a, a kind of. A, oh, some, some, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I, I, I am suggesting, so don't worry. Some, 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 some <laughs> well, I, I just see it me. as a, I see like, oh. I, I see it as you having an obvious affinity for those things. Yeah, well, I, I do, yeah. Enough to rip it off. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mac, I, I'm been, I, unfortunately I think we've got to get going because I know you've got other stuff to do. I just want to wrap up. Uh, uh, th- th- first of all, thanks for the nice chat. I'm I'm enjoying the chat. No I'm, sa- I'm sad it has to end, but yeah, I, well, you know. I, it, these things have to end. All things must pass. You know, George Harrison. He's someone else. I bet you're a fan of. That's oh well. If you've ever heard my song "I'm a Man," and if you have ever listened to that album "All Things Must Pass," then uh, yes, <laughs> I was just I smell a lawsuit coming out of there. But, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Let's just uh, move on, so nothing bad happens to you. Yeah. Um, no, I was just going to sort of ask you some "What's Next" questions. Um, kind of like I, I know that a lot of people are putting out record store day treats are you involved in anything like that or uh, other recordings beyond salad days um yeah well i mean i think i'm gonna try and like this last year was crazy i i mean i really wanted to get another album out sooner than this after two so i think i'm just gonna try and you know do more eps and just do more recording and release more stuff uh hopefully keep the touring schedule not as crazy but uh We'll see what happens. And as far as like the treats for Record Store Day, I'm not actually sure if we have anything in direct correlation with Record Store Day, but we have like all kinds of strange crap coming out with this album. So it should be should be kind of fun. We'll can see. you? I know you don't want to spoil a surprise here necessarily, but is there some inkling you can give us of what this crazy crap might be? We got a couple. We might do. Uh, this, I'll give you one treat. We're trying to do. I'm not sure if this is going to happen, but you know, it's a. We're trying pretty hard, uh, me and the label. But it's uh, you know those like '70s style like uh, printed mirrors with the fancy frames, like you can get like Grateful Dead mirrors. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's try and hook something like that. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're spending some mental energy designing Mac DeMarco mirrors. That's right, Mac DeMarco Coke mirrors. God bless it. (laughs) Okay, all right. Well, good for you. I guess that's uh, another sign towards your. Potentially your self-absorption, your self-reflection, if you will. <laughs> Literally, like you're going to mirrors. Right, yeah. That's interesting. All right. Well, I would also be remiss if I didn't ask you about uh, this Tyler, the creator business. There was this photo that came out. There's speculation you're maybe collaborating. Can you shed any light on any of that stuff? What happened there? Very brief collaboration. Not really anything that'll show up on any kind of album or anything. A little bit of movie shooting. The guy does have a TV show, after all. And, oh, uh, okay. It's just going to be a man, a very short thing, but uh, probably extremely offensive. So we'll see <laughs> how that turns out. How how did this collaboration even come about? How do you know Tyler? Um, he knows you know Chaz in Toronto. Oh God, yeah, I do. Yeah, Chaz. Well, Chaz knows Tyler. Chaz is always showing everybody my music because he's like my number one fan or whatever. <laughs> but uh, Chaz actually has a Mac tattoo now. I gave him a tattoo with my name. Oh. I want to talk about the ego thing a little bit more. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> what do you um, mean? Did you actually put it on him? 
Yeah, stick and poked his hand. But um, wow. Anyway, so he showed Tyler my stuff at some point, and then uh, I don't know. Tyler started tweeting at me and stuff, and then um, eventually, when I was in LA, uh, my, the people who do my press also do Odd Futures Press, so they were like. Tyler wants to meet up. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I, I'd like already sent him a bunch of pictures of like my naked penis and stuff. So <laughs> figured, you know, meeting in the flesh was uh, right around the corner. Well, this, just so people know, Chaz is a relatively controversial figure in, in Toronto. He's a... Uh, he's King of Kensington. He's bigger than life and uh, almost ran over me and a crowd of people on a bicycle not too long ago. And I gave him hell about he's it. He's a good man. Kind good of. man, that Chaz. I don't know if good is the right word. He's a man. And there's he is a hell of a man. Okay, I now that you mention, I see like I can totally picture a Tyler the Creator Chaz meeting and like hangout, and it it probably oh, is the craziest. Them every time they come to Toronto, I think. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Okay, I had no idea. All right. Well, I appreciate uh, you responding to that. And uh, oh, the other thing you you mentioned like it's a solo endeavor. Who's actually in your touring band? It's me and Pearson, Pierce McGarry and Joe McMurray on the bass and drums. They're in another band called Walter TV. And then Peter Sagar plays guitar. And he's got a band called Home Shake. Okay. And these are this yeah. is your crew. And everything's... It's my posse. Everything's going well. Yeah, it's great. Okay, good. Because you've got a lot of crazy tour dates coming up. I want to let people know once oh, again, yeah. Mac DeMarco's new album, Salad Days, will be available everywhere on April 1st, courtesy of Captured Tracks. And he's touring the world over, making Canadian stops Woo! and... You excited? You excited to hit the road? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's yeah, it'll be, cool. it'll be it'll be fun. You're making some Canadian stops in Wakefield, Sherbrooke, and Montreal in April, and then he's in Toronto for North by Northeast in June. You can learn more about this at CapturedTracks.com. Mac, are you on the Twitter and stuff? I am. What? Tell us. What is it? What What is it? Uh, let's see. I think it's MSL Demarco. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, they just look up Mac DeMarco. We'll figure it out. My my Facebook name is Mac DeMarco. My email is mdemarco at gmail dot com. My phone number is six four six three two seven nine nine five five. Have a nice day. That's very very good. <laughs> very nice. So you know, people can contact you. Uh, before we yeah. leave, is there a song from Salad Days we can play for people? Um, maybe go with uh, Chamber of Reflection. Because of the mirror. Yeah, sure. I think Chamber of Reflection kind of sums up the album better than Salad Days anyway. So. Okay. God bless. Okay, here it is, uh, Mac DeMarco. Mac, uh, really a pleasure to speak with you. I thank you for your time, and uh, hopefully I'll see you again soon. No problem.
Thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at cfru.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.